Hey, you are no locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name's Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. And today we've got Gophers hockey analytics and reporter for Gopher Hole, plus a man of many talents, as you all know, and positions with hockey analytics and scouting. Please welcome friend of the show, Dylan Lauks. Welcome back, Dylan. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited. Excited to get back on and a good time of the year yeah so i mean we're officially heading into the semifinals of the big 10 tournament michigan is going to play ohio state at home and minnesota will take on michigan state at home now minnesota has faced michigan state four times thus far and swept them in both of the series in fact it hasn't really been close. In East Lansing, the Gophers won five to zero and six to three, and in Dinky Town, they won eight to zero and six to three. Now, is that just Michigan not Michigan State not matching up well with the Gophers, or I guess what are your thoughts between them these two teams and what the mismatch has been so far? Yeah, um, I think you know it's funny. Some some teams have other teams' numbers, kind of, and and I think the Gophers definitely have uh, Michigan State's number. It, it seems every year it it's usually like a lopsided game and it it's something that going into series and games you don't think it's going to happen like that um but it does uh, michigan's a a well coached team they have good depth um they have a good goaltender but for whatever reason minnesota's had their number every single time they play them yeah, and I went and I looked up just in those four games, how many points were coming from kind of those core guys. I mean, there are a lot of core guys on this team, but I looked at that that first line, that number one line between Snuggerud, Cooley, and Nyes, and then I also threw Faber in there just to see what it would look like. Snuggerud had nine points against Michigan State this year. Cooley has 10, Nyes has six, and Faber has eight. Like, it's coming from all directions and all angles, yeah. and it just seems like the Gophers have just been absolutely dominating. Yeah, I wish now, yeah, uh, ahead, I was just go gonna say, yeah, you, you you're right on with that. Like, it just seems every every single game now that that top line is clicking, and it it's just so dangerous. And you know, they they find ways to get around um, defensemen. They find ways to you know get deep into their zone. And you know, once once knives can go to work in the corner, it it opens so much more for for Cooley and Snuggery to work their magic. And man, it it's been so much fun to watch those three. Absolutely. It's been a blast to watch them. And overall, single elimination games are a little bit different. I mean, you're talking about during the regular season, you know, you're playing again next week, you know, you're playing, you know, you're playing. But now it's if you don't play, you're not playing in that championship. So it might hit a little bit different. Who would you say would be the most important player for the Gophers just to get things started off this weekend against Michigan State? Um, Well, I think it, obviously the top line, but like if you look last year, I remember um, in the Big Ten championship game against Michigan, it was Jackson Nelson who got the Gophers on, on the board first. And I remember talking to him earlier this year and, you know, I said, as a leader, like, what do you do to like spark, te- you know, spark your team in the opening minutes or whatever? And he always says in his first shift, he tries to get things going, whether it's a big hit or a, a scoring chance or a, 
or a shot or make a play. He wants to get his uh, guys involved, um, you know, get them ready. And and I think Jackson Nelson would would definitely be, a, you know, a, um, a big guy to get him going. Um, I, I th- want to say he was pointless in like his last seven or ten games and finally got a point. So it, it's good to get him hot going into the playoffs. And I think he's he's a big part of it. And, and that line itself with Nevers and Brodzinski, too. Awesome. And who are some players that fans should be mindful of on Michigan State's team heading into this single elimination game? Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, like I said, they're kind of a, a, a deep team, a, a depth team. They've got a lot. But I would go with Jagar Joshua. Um, he's an intriguing player to watch. Um, he's picked up a lot of goals this year. A, a lot of them have come on the power play. Um, so maybe keeping him off the power play will will obviously help. Uh, I know that's a pretty much a game plan for every team, but even even if uh, Michigan does get power play chances, the Gophers have been super good on the penalty kill, especially recently. Um, they've kind of climbed up the ranks in that regard. But um, Joshua plays a a very intriguing game. If if he's not scoring the goals, he's still a very impactful player. Um, he's good defensively, but he's also super physical. Um, wouldn't surprise me if. You know, he has five more hits in that game. Um, he's going to push guys off the puck. He, he's just a he's a danger in both zones, so to speak, and um, that's a very impactful player and important player for Michigan. All right, and then with this game, what is your personal confidence level in the semifinal game and the Gophers being able to pull off another victory against Michigan State? Um, you know, I, I would say if they played last weekend, I'd be 100% confident that – this, you know, this this would be a good matchup for them. But you, know, you, you saw it a couple of weeks ago when the Gophers had, you know, an, an off weekend. They headed into Wisconsin and they just <laughs> did not look like Minnesota hockey. It, it did not look good. Ton of turnovers, sloppy in the defensive zone, trying to be too cute in the offensive zone. There's just many things that just didn't go right for them coming off of a, a weekend off. Um, I know they did a ton of things differently. Um, they didn't stay at home like they did that weekend they went up to rochester um had a practice in front of a full crowd played a simulated um scrimmage between the two um gold versus maroon you know try to try to keep momentum in an off off weekend is hard in in college but uh you know these guys are young and i think this would be this will be a good weekend and i think confidence level is probably pretty high all right and then if the Gophers are to advance, and I mean, even in this game, they're both at, well, they would be both at home if the Gophers advance here at Mariucci. So definitely fans, you're going to want to pack that out because it's advantageous. You talk about the basketball space, you go to a neutral neutral site. We had the women's basketball tournament at the Target Center. So it was here in Minnesota, but you don't get the chance like this to actually go to your home stadium and play in front of fans for games like these in every sport so definitely show up show out and be loud for the gophers hopefully that can help give them even the slightest of advantages any final thoughts on this matchup before we talk and move maybe into a little bit of future talk with the gophers um you know like you said the the crowd uh, especially this year but like recently ever since christmas break um it's been pretty much i think they've had well majority of sellouts and that's something you know go for hockey hasn't seen much of recently so it, it's really awesome to you know be selling out on a nightly basis even against you know opponents that maybe wouldn't have drawn sellouts but 
you know, the guys talk about it all the time. The players talk about it all the time, you know, coming out of the tunnel before a game and seeing a packed crowd, it, it just, it boosts the excitement. It boosts the momentum. Momentum's already on your side. That That's a big part of it. Absolutely. So next, we're going to talk about a little bit of the future. We're going to talk about the class of 2023 that's coming into the Gophers hockey program coming up next. This show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Definitely be sure to check out the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and you can download it today and get a no-sweat first bet for up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That means if you win your first bet, good on you, you won. But if you lose, you still can have a chance at money back in your account. So definitely be sure to check it out at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. And today we're talking hockey, but we can't talk hockey without talking the Wild. And the Wild are underdogs in today's matchup over at uh, FanDuel.com. So if you think that's a shame, if you think, you know what, the Wild have been hot lately. I know they lost the game in a shootout last night, but prior to that, they were streaking, folks. And so can they get back on the streak against the Jets? Well, if you think so, now's the time to take advantage of that bet and that opportunity with them being underdogs over at fanduel.com again fanduel.com slash locked on to take advantage of the no sweat first bet make every moment more with fanduel all right gophers fans thank you for listening to lockdown golden gophers and making us your first listen when it comes to gophers daily sports i'm here with dylan laux and we are going to talk about the future of the program mainly the recruiting class coming in now i want to do a little foresight i want to talk about this 2023 class and now you have three people that have officially signed the national letter of intent with oliver moore sam renzel and max rudd and then you have two verbal commits in jimmy clark and gino pechora who are some of these players that really stood out to you? Is it all of them? Is it a handful? Or who could really make an impact for the Gophers from the jump? Well, the obvious answer would be Oliver Moore. Um, if, if you're talking like, you know, recently it it does unfortunately sound like Logan Cooley will probably sign with Arizona when the season's over. So Oliver Moore is going to play a, a, a massive, massive part in, in kind of taking that step and in, in almost like replacing Cooley, which is – definitely not a an easy task to do but I think he he is extremely offensive this is a kid who you know before the season started was being slotted as maybe like a 20th or or late first round draft pick he's I've seen him now jumping all the way up into the top 10 draft picks and that that's obviously extremely exciting for gopher fans but you know, he, he kind of plays a similar style um he he's smaller but he's that guy I mean I've never seen a guy skate as good and as fast as Oliver Moore does. I mean, you're talking about, you know, back then when Sammy Walker was here, how he skates, how quick he was, how dynamic offensively that is. It, it's kind of the same player and with Cooley now too. So Moore will definitely be exciting. Um, like you said, Sam Renzel is obviously going to be a very intriguing player. Um, with uh, Jackson Lacombe leaving, signing with the Ducks, likely um ryan johnson likely signing with the sabers and then brock faber will, will will probably sign as well that that's three defensemen that are going to be missing for next year and mm -hmm. sam renzel there's no doubt in my mind he can step in right away and, and play some meaningful um top four minutes this is a guy who's just drafted first round out of high school so you, you know there's you know there's a ton of skill um ton of potential in his game um he could quarterback a power play if need be and It'll be uh, very intriguing to watch, too. And then 
Um, like you said, Max Rudd, um, he's a bigger defender, but I think he he's going to play some important minutes. Um, you talk about Ryan Johnson and how he kind of shuts down opposition. Um, maybe doesn't get all the points that you know fans think defense would get, but Rudd kind of plays a similar game. He he's more uh, defensively. Um, he's put up some points. He's been on the power play. He he's done a lot of things right. Um, with with uh, Stampede, so he'll also be a, an intriguing player. Um, I know a couple of people that are really excited to have him come in, and you know I I think he's going to be a big part in uh, playing sound defensively. I love it. I love the info. I love the feedback. And so we know Sam Renzel got drafted in the first round last year, like you said, 25th pick to the Chicago Blackhawks. Oliver Moore, possibly a first round draft pick this year, maybe even top 10. Do you think Max Rudd or Jimmy Clark have any chances at the draft this year? Or maybe is that something they'll have to show they can prove it at the collegiate level before they can get a look that way? Uh, I think uh, maybe a little of both. Um Rudd obviously has the potential. Um, Clark too. It could be like a Connor Kurth situation where they they get snagged in you know the later rounds. Um, and I and I think it you know it, it's worthy. They obviously have that potential. And um, just recently, you hear like NHL GMs and and scouting staffs just rave about you know the Gophers and the staff they have and and what they do for the players. And I think that's a big part of it is they know that. You know, they can get someone drafted and not have any other teams focus on, you know, taking their guys from them. Um, but like you said, you know, Clark, Rudd, they obviously have potential to be drafted. Um, it could be like a, a Luke Middlestead situation. This is a this is a guy who's going in his third year in the draft, which is a, a rare case to be able to enter in the draft his third year. Um, I don't think any teams will make mistakes on not taking him this year, um, what he's done with with the with the Gophers this year on the on the back end has been very very special and I think you know teams might learn from that I love it and do you think you kind of touched on it a little right there but do you think that with what the success the Gophers have shown over these last few years especially with this coaching staff that teams are more willing to maybe take a shot on those true freshmen coming in in the later rounds because you know they've proven well or they've seen these late late guys prove some success with this coaching staff? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, you know, one guy would be Connor Kurth. Like, I think we were all kind of um, surprised when he was taken. This is a guy who just ripped up the USHL, a um, ton of goals, over 30. And now with the Gophers, you know, he he hasn't had, you know, all the points that maybe people were expecting. But this is also a guy who's only getting, like, nine minutes a night just because of how deep this Gopher team is. But, you know... Connor Kurth has the potential to be like a 15 goal scorer for the U and that that is going to be huge in the in the next coming of years. I think he's a, he's a real good example of that, that um, NHL teams, scouts, GMs, they see the potential and and know that, you know, this is a guy people um, not want to say like we'll pass up on, but probably are passing up on. And um, there's a ton of confidence in, in what Mosco does here and, and his staff and, you know, Kyle Dubas said it earlier. It's been absolutely huge for um, Knives and what Moscow's done for Knives in his game and utilizing his strengths and, and getting the most out of Knives has been nothing nothing but great for the Maple Leafs and and their and what they want to see out of Knives. So, like you said, I I think that that is going to be big confidence for teams going forward. 
All right. So then with this class that we just talked about, plus young guys that'll most likely be back like a Brody Lamb, Connor Kurth, Chesley, but sounds like Snuggerud will likely be back for a sophomore year too. But then you also have Nyes leaving likely, Faber leaving likely, Lacombe, Rijo, maybe even Cooley, like you said. What is the ceiling for this team next season, even with those departures? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's going to be tough. Um, last year was my first year on, on the beat, on the job, and I thought – you know, man, this team's going to take a big hit, you know, losing Walker, losing McLaughlin, um, losing Ben Myers, you know, losing some of the guys through the transfer portal like Perbix and and Sorensen. And, you know, the, the guys that left, I, not to say that I didn't think they'd be this good, but it's probably going to be the same situation. Um, obviously, you hope Cooley comes back. Sounds like he's probably not. Um it's huge that Snuggerud's coming back. But like you said, Lamb and Kurth, these are guys that are going to slide right into the top six. And, you know, we've seen it this year when they've gotten that potential, you know, to get those minutes, to get big minutes. They've shown that that they're extremely worthy of it. Um, there's a reason why they're here. Um, another guy would be Aaron Huglin. Um, getting him more minutes a night is going to take off. I know he's been – I mean, this is a guy who's just been extremely snake bitten. Like – He's had so many chances this year and only has, you know, three, four goals on the year, I think, which is definitely a total that he doesn't want, but he's obviously got the potential to maybe score 15 next year. So um, with all the guys leaving, um, there's no doubt that they're confident enough in what they have that these guys will step up. Um, It obviously hurts to lose, you know, three big defensemen, but that just means more minutes for Cal Thomas, more minutes for Chesley, more minutes for uh, Middlestead, and then, you know, Fish is, is coming back, Stodicker's coming back. It, it's already a deep enough decor that even with those three guys leaving, um, they probably won't skip that much of a beat. I love it. I love it overall. I'm still excited to see what they do, but this year's not over. So we've got the finish to the Big Ten tournament and we've got the NCAA tournament with a real shot at contending. So we got to enjoy this team while we have it. But let's shift the talk a little bit and close off with some of these guys that have possibly the potential. Well, not the potential, but the likelihood to play pro next year or even to close this year. Now, Faber and Nyes are kind of the guys at the top of that list that could maybe even see some run this year in the playoffs if those teams end up making it, which it looks like both are on track to do. So how much do you think they could contribute for the Wild or the Leafs immediately? Yeah, Knives, um, undoubtedly. Um, I know the Leafs, you know, recently have had some injury problems. I know they just traded for Ryan O'Reilly and now, you know, he's on the IR and will miss the remainder of regular season, hopefully get him back to playoffs. So, I think Knives is going to step in right away and get some pretty impactful minutes and some important minutes and probably the Leafs' top nine. Um, and if that's not intriguing enough, I, I don't know what is for him. Um, he's talked about this year how much, like, Austin Matthews has meant to him, you know, both being um, Arizona guys now both on the same team. Uh, Matthews is is one of the guys that kind of pushed him back to to come back to the U for another year and um, – you know, when you know, you know, when you know, you know, and I think Knives knows that he's probably ready to um, step right into the NHL and um, he'll probably be on the third line. Um, maybe he'll get some power play time, some some penalty kill time, but um, he'll, he'll be pretty important for the Leafs going forward and will likely, you know, get some minutes in the regular season and obviously the postseason, too. Um, 
Faber, on the other hand, this is a guy that I've, I've really started to think of recently. Um, the Wild just traded for another defenseman. They kept another defenseman in Goligoski, didn't trade him. And then they have Kalen Addison. Um, I know Brodeen's hurt right now, but at the end, you know, when the Gopher season's over, the Wild basically already have eight defensemen. Would they want Faber to come in right away and, and play regular season? Um, who knows? Because they already have so many defensemen in itself. Um, obviously, injuries can happen. Maybe Dumba gets hurt or, or Klinberg gets hurt or Addison. But um, I wonder about Faber. Maybe he, he signs, uh, you know, an amateur tryout and just plays some minutes in the AHL. We'll, we'll find out. But there's no doubt that um, at least next year he'll, he'll be playing for the Wild or, or the AHL team. But once the season's over, I, I now wonder if, if that – idea of him signing and and getting minutes with the wild and burning that first year of his contract i i wonder if that that's still a thought for them um i don't i don't really know but again he he could sign uh, a pto so to speak for the ho i believe he could do that and then he could play some minutes down there too and and that wouldn't burn a first year of his contract which would obviously be very nice Gotcha. Yeah, I definitely didn't know the back end or that with favor. So it'll be something to keep an eye on if he does yeah. kind of burn that first year or not. But do you think moving over kind of to what you had discussed with Nyes, if he burns that first year, which it looks like he possibly would and gets that playtime right away, is it a case where you likely see him at the NHL level next year as well? Or could it depend on how he plays in that playoff run? And he could maybe see some AHL time as well. How do you really project that going? I think a little of both. Like if you look at some teams, some teams are really picky about it. Um, they, you know, some teams want to sign that guy out of, out of college because they're fresh. They've already played really important minutes, whether it was a, a run in the playoffs um, for conference or the national um, championship. Uh, Knives, I I definitely think he's NHL worthy. He plays an NHL game. Um, one thing they might want to work on him with, and it, it might hold him off where he gets a lot of time in the AHL next year, would, would be his skating. Um, I think he is a good skater, but he might not be, you know, the quickest guy. But he does so many other things right that I think they won't be worried about it. Um, I want to say the Leafs have just around like eight hundred thousand to sign knives, so it, it it's not much um, to sign him to his ELC. But I definitely think he'll sign with the Leafs and he'll probably play for them end of the regular season come playoff time. And, and like you said, they'll look at it, see how he plays and then address it next year. Um, but he, you know, he could be a 50, 50 next year, kind of maybe start in the AHL, um, get a ton of confidence, or maybe he jumps on the scene right away and he's destroying it and they never look back. Um, but yeah. Yeah. That's kind of my hope that that would be fun <laughs> for the Gophers program to see a guy kind of thrive right away from the jump. And even if Cooley does make the jump right away as well, it would be great to see those guys kind of continue to boost the, the status of the program for the Gophers at that pro level. Now, the last question with these guys, and then I have one question to close with Justin close, but what do you think the ceiling is for a guy like Nyes and a guy like Faber? For Nyes, is he a guy that could end up being a top six uh, forward in the league? Or what do you think that ceiling is for both the two? Yeah, um, Nyes, I I definitely think he, you know, he might be under that like mid-tier top six potential. 
Um, the only thing is he plays in such a deep Maple Leafs team that already has such a good top six in itself. Um, you know, next year with contracts expiring and whatnot, maybe they make trades. He could definitely be a top six guy. Um, but I think his game is probably really suited for the top nine because, you know, playing third line minutes, it, it's those guys that have the offensive potential and, you know, chances to score or generate offense, but they're also very good defensively and can play a shutdown role. And I think that's what Knives is. Obviously, you know, ton of points this year, a lot of goals. Um, he's provided a ton of offense and a spark, but, you know, sometimes it's those little things, you know, the physicality, the way he plays in the defensive zone, um, the way he hustles back on a back check. Th those are the stuff that fit very well in the top nine. That's the stuff that that will translate. And you hope the the goal scoring and the offensive potential and all their offense he's brought to the Gophers, you hope that translates too. Um, and if it does, then he's definitely a top six guy. But if not, he's a very effective top nine guy um, with Faber. I think his ceiling is is to be a top four defenseman. Um, I'm not sure if he's a power play guy. Maybe he could run a power play too. Um, he gets power play minutes here, but he also doesn't. That's also because they have Jackson Lacombe, Mike Kester, who's so good on the power play, even Luke Middlestead and, and such. But I think he his ceiling is probably a, a top four defenseman. Um just because Spurgeon's here for as long as he is and he's a right shot guy, just like Faber. Faber's probably not going to play top, you know, top line minutes, but he's going to get around 20 minutes a night playing, you know, second line D with hopefully Brodeen, which is a guy that, that he looks up to. Um, I talked to him earlier in the season and uh, he, he said Brodeen is a guy that he's looked up to for a while. Like McAvoy, he loves the way they play defensively and it's a guy he's going to lean on. It's a guy he's probably going to pick his brain and, it would be a great defensive partner for him. I love it. I love it. Let's close this one off with Justin Close. I don't know if he has another year of eligibility because of the COVID season, but if he does, do you think he uses it? And then two, if he doesn't, if he doesn't have the eligibility or what have you, how big is the drop off from Close to the other goalkeepers on this roster? Yeah, um, I just talked to Close like on Wednesday, so not long ago I was – working on a feature on him. Um, and I, I asked him that same question. I said, I know you're in the midst of a playoff run and you probably have never thought of it, but there has to be a thought in the back of your mind that says, you know, what's the plan for me next year? I'm a senior right now. Um, and, you know, he was completely honest with me and um, he said, look, I don't even know what I'm going to do tomorrow half the time. So who knows where his head's at there. Um, I, I do definitely think and um, think that he's got potential to maybe sign a, a contract with an NHL team or at least an invite to camp. Um, I, I definitely think you'll you'll probably see that if he doesn't turn the route to to come back. Um, but what he's done for this program is is unmatched really the way that he stepped in um, just about a year and a half ago really and has kind of taken it over as a starter. Uh, I definitely think that's opened some eyes for NHL teams. Um, and, and maybe he does sign a professional contract or, or an invite to camp and that would be fantastic for him. Um, and then to answer the second part of the question, I, I do think there's confidence. Um, I asked him about Oren Bartoskevich and, you know, they really push each other. Um, Bartoskevich comes out in practice every single day, gives it all he got, um, just loves to stop pucks in practice. Um, Look, he gets a practice against one of the best teams in the league, which is only going to help him even more. So I, 
I think they're confident in in Bartoskevich. Um, they're confident in Gino, who who's coming in too. Um, who who will be possibly their backup. Um, I, I wonder about Zach Wees and if if they trust him to be the backup. Um, I know a lot of guys love him the way he 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 has fun in practice and stuff. But um, there's definitely a confidence level in Bartoskevich, and and I think you know being a a junior next year, he's gonna he's gonna get a good opportunity, whether or not if if close this year or not. Got it. Well, thank you again so much, Dylan Lauks with Gopher Hall, Gopher Analytics. Let the people know where they can follow you on the social media platforms and what you're working on. Yeah, just, uh, I guess, stay in touch with the Twitter, um, Dylan Lauks for, and then uh, just keep in touch with Gopher Hall. Um, It'll be tons of articles there. And then uh, I'll be covering the uh, high school state tournament as well. A couple of future gophers playing in that so that that would be fun to watch and and cover so all that will will likely be on the twitter and and some articles will come out too but appreciate you having me on yep absolutely and i think we're gonna try i'm gonna try we'll see if we can make it work with all the schedules but we'll get like a hockey round table going before that ncaa tournament comes get you get our guy alex micheletti and hopefully sam ekstrom all on the show and talk some in-depth gophers with the tournament But that's going to do it for us here at Locked on Golden Gophers. We'll see you next time. Definitely be sure to hit subscribe on YouTube, and I'll see you tomorrow.